one. And we're live on the Virtual Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today's Tuesday, November 22nd, two days before Thanksgiving. How are you, Frank? Doing good. Thanksgiving's coming. Gobble, gobble. What's up? What do you want to talk about today? <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Um, we could say we're busy. We would say we are got a million things going on. We could also say no one gives a shit about anything because it's Thanksgiving week. <laughs> like it's yeah. uh, it's a whirlwind. So we're going to we're going to do a quick podcast about what we're thankful for. What do you think, man? Let's talk. Yeah. What we're thankful for is good. We, we should do. We did this last year, I think. And I think it's a good practice. Let's do a quick one. What do we what makes us happy? What are we proud of as we're closing out the year? I feel good. I'm actually excited about this. Let's let's go. Kick us off. Okay. And we just came up with this topic. So we haven't uh we haven't pre-planned our answers. So it's gonna be on the fly. We're gonna go first. What are we thankful for business-wise? What are we thankful for family-wise? What are you thankful for friends-wise? And then like the what are we thankful for in the world? So I'll go first business-wise. What are we thankful for? Or what am I thankful for? I am thankful that uh, I work with a great team, a team that I respect, a team that I enjoy spending time with, a team that energizes me, a team that uh, I, I'm proud to be one of the leaders of, um, a team that uh, I, I feel a strong sense of responsibility to uh, help them as much as possible achieve their goals, whatever I can influence there. Um, and then I think business-wise, I'm thankful for the path that we've taken, right? Uh, we've moved from single family to storage. We could feel the fragility in single family. Um, we could tell that that wasn't necessarily a sustainable business model the way we were doing it. And we moved to storage and we had a lot of ideas about how it would work or how it wouldn't work. And I think what we've realized is syndicating commercial real estate deals or real estate private equity or just commercial real estate in general you know you can define that in a lot of different ways but the the business model is an amazing business model where you basically find deals you buy those deals you uh, generally use debt and um, equity comes from limited partners or investors that want to invest alongside you people are generally accepted uh you know, agreeable to the fees and the promote on the backside. So it's a really good business model. So I feel really confident in our business strategy. That was a long-winded answer. I got to be a little tighter on my next ones, but that's what I'm thankful for business-wise. What about you, man? Well, it's a big question. Like it's a whole year trying to... <laughs> fair, fair. It's a busy year. I think I'd echo all the things you said, um, but I'm going to call out one in particular. I am very thankful that when we ventured into storage, we decided to take on all fixed rate debt. Um, we, the environment's crazy compared to, you know, in November compared to what it was in January of this year. In January, it was very much like the heat of the buying frenzy in all assets, storage included for 2021 and 2022. It was like, I'd say February was like the peak and January was like right there with it, you know, something like that. And, uh, there was a lot of temptation to make the cash flow or debt service coverage numbers work by taking on interest only debt at lower floating rates um, as opposed to fixing it and getting your principal payments kicked off. And we decided like, hey, we're at historically low rates. Let's just do it. And uh, now that you know, we have a lot of friends that like their interest rates are going to reset in the next year or two years and we don't have to worry about that. Um, I'm extremely proud and happy with that decision because there's turmoil in the market, right? And that's important. Um, and then second, I think like the 
all the things you said, but you know, take a step back. Like we we were used to be in a business where we had to kill something every month to eat, right? We're flipping houses essentially, flipping contracts. That's you take a month off, you don't make any money, right? Um, and now we have a business that's got more residual income. Like every year you work in real estate private equity, and as long as you do good deals and don't have one that breaks your back, it just gets a little bit easier to live. Like your your residual and your cash flow just goes up and up and up steadily over time. And I feel like we got that machine going. So I'm very much like um, happy to be out of a business that felt like a hamster wheel. I think from a personal perspective, a stress perspective, and um, a wealth building perspective, you know, owning eight storage facilities has accrued a lot more wealth for us than we did doing 180 houses or whatever the number was, right? So I think uh, I'm really, really grateful for that, probably mostly from a business perspective. I like it. Um, family. Um, what do you, you, we're going to switch order each time though. So you got to answer this one first. What are you most thankful for, uh, family? And we should, we should say like, Hey, we're probably not going to capture everything. Cause Frank and I put a high emphasis on, on family and togetherness. So this doesn't need to be all encompassing, but let's say what's, what's one of the things we're thankful for. I mean, I'm going to skip the obvious like health stuff, like health and like, well, our health is good in our house. Knock on wood. My wife's job is good. Kids are doing good in school. So all the basics are are good. I would say I am very uh, thankful and proud of my wife. She's kind of revamped her personal routine a little bit. Um, she was definitely used to be like, hey, I wake up when the kids wake up, which is a tough way, in my opinion, to, to live. Like you're just waking up and getting your butt kicked every morning. And she's like gotten up at 6 a.m. every day, is like going to the gym and like managing her schedule really, really well. So I think... Um, she, she had an executive coach earlier in the year um, who we know, Jen. And uh, I think it's been a good year of personal growth for her um, professionally and personally. So I'm thankful for that because that's that's good. Very good. I like it. I think what I'm thankful for is a big, a big part of my life over the last year has been getting out of the army and then moving to Tampa, Florida and like, Hey, how is that going? Right. And, mm-hmm. uh, when you live in the army, we move, we always say we moved 10 times in 10 years. It was something right around that, but you have to pick a place to, to move to. And originally from Northern Michigan, we made the decision that we didn't want to go back to Northern Michigan. So we had to pick a place and it was really hard for Danielle and I, my wife, uh, to decide where to go. Right. So like we went to Tampa, but she was, she was reluctant. Right. She was like, I don't know. I don't think it was anything against Tampa as much as it was like the idea of committing to one place was a, was an overwhelming decision. Um, but we picked Tampa and we're here. And I think, um, we now live in a location where we can walk our kids to school. Our, our kids are doing really well in school. Um, I coach flag football team. We know a lot of people in our immediate, immediate community. Um, our, our kids, um, you know, have gone over to play dates. We've got a bunch of kids over to our house. We're also now close enough. We got season tickets to the bucks. We went to a Tampa Bay lightning game last night. We're like, we live, I think in a really good suburb and uh, it's a really good environment for our family. And we also live close enough to where we can go to cool events like that. So um, there was definitely question marks a year ago of like, are we going to hate where we move to getting out of the army? Is that going to be too stressful? What's all that stuff going to be like? And I think if I think of our family, just like the six of us, like me, Danielle and our four kids, it's been, it's been really good. Yeah. That's actually really critical because you're going through like, you know, let's say you have like three or four, um, like life altering personal situations that you decide to do in your life. Um, like, cause you chose to do this. 
you know, having it go over well the first year is important. Oh, <laughs> it's sure. a high leverage. Uh, I mean, I'm not, that's not the right word, but that is a high impact decision, you know? Absolutely. Well, we move, not to go too far down it, but we moved to a location uh, when we first moved here and we we broke our lease and moved three months later because we realized it wasn't in the right spot. And then, um, you know, should should we go to every Bucks game? Should we be doing, you know, all of the stuff we're doing, like part of it, I had, in my opinion, I had to make sure like our first year here was good. So there was no like, Oh, should we, you know, we looked at like Raleigh, Durham, Nashville, Charleston, like, you know, all these hotbeds in the Southeast, we looked at all those and I, I had to make sure like Tampa was the winner after we got here. And luckily now my wife, I, I think, uh, she likes this place as much as I do. And sort of the kids, you know, mm-hmm. very, very nice. Very good. Okay. Uh, friends. Um, I think, um, being in the military, it's so easy to make friends, right? Like you work together, you live by each other. It's it's easy to make friends. But it's also interesting in the military, you can have like this special deep, deep connection, but sometimes you can have shallow friendship as well because it's so easy to make friends. You don't ever have to go out of your way um, to, to make deep connections. And what's interesting where we are now is number one, to make friends, like I have to work for it. Right. Like to meet new people, I have to work for it. Right. Um, and then it's also interesting to meet people and being like, Hey, our kids are the same age. They're into the same things. There's a good chance we're going to see each other at football games for the next 15 years, (laughs) you know, whatever. Right. Like that is just something we've, we've never dealt with before. Uh, what am I thankful for? I'm thankful for generally from what I can tell, um, Guys in their 20s, 30s, and 40s want more friends. And a lot of guys in their 20s, 30s, and 40s, especially, you know, 30s and 40s, I I think it gets worse with age. A lot of guys are really, you know, nervous to make new friends. And they're they're nervous to be like, hey, what's your phone number? We should swap phone numbers and go play golf sometime or, you know, go grab lunch sometime. I feel like uh, very few people do that with me, but I'm just like, screw it. I'm going to be aggressive here. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I do it. And I, every time I've done that, like it works out, like people are are so happy to, uh, connect and build friendships and invest, um, in each other's families, but it's like trying to take that step. And I think I said it on the podcast, but I want to make 2022 the year of being social. So I worked really hard to be like, screw any more social anxiety. I'm going to push through that to try to make friends. And now I feel like I've, I've got a bunch of, uh, good friends and like a bunch of friendships that are moving in the right direction. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah. That's an interesting dynamic. I think I have a couple of thoughts racing through my head. As you said that like one army, I was also in the army, shared experience. I, uh, it's also the transient nature of the army. Like no one lives in the same place for more than two to three years. So it's, they might be your neighbor, but it's very temporary. You know, in two years, they will not be your neighbor, right? So it's easy to lose friends that way. And I think because that's generally accepted, people are less worried about protecting those friendships. Like I have people I was really close to, I deployed with and that I don't talk to at all, but I still talk to like five friends from high school all the time, you know, because anyway, it's just the way it works. Um, Now my answer, I think, I think it was a good year for me being social too. I started uh, actively trying to golf with strangers. Like I would reach out to people or people in my club, be like, Hey, let's play, you know, get to know each other. It'd be great to hit some balls, whatever. So I I tried to do that. But another cool thing that we started doing, um, I know you know this, my wife and I started telling our neighbors, like we're going to order pizzas into our park nearby our house, like every Friday. 
And we did that a couple of times. And by the end of the summer this year, we had like over 20 people showing up. You know, we had to like order more and more pizza. The park's pretty big. It fits all of our children really well. Um, So we just created this like impromptu, like little uh, pizza in the park community. And now there's like a text thread about it and we all keep in touch. So I'm proud of that. I mean, that's really cool. Like to know all your neighbors essentially that are within, you know, 10 years of our age and to know who they are. That's, that's a, that's pretty cool. So that was good. I love that. It's um, in real estate. There's this term about the, I think they call it the third, third place, third places where it's like you have work, you have home and then communities thrive off these third places. Like you're saying like this park yeah, people yeah. can go to. We right? talked about that at reconvene. Yeah. Right. right? So I, I love yeah. this idea of third places, but I also, I think a lot of people are like, uh, well, my community doesn't have a third place. So I just want to move to a community that does or build one. And I think another way to look at it is like, you can create a third place at your house, right? Or like a friend's house. You can say like, uh, everyone loves the idea of having people over, but then you have friends over and like, oftentimes, um, you know, you you can be anxious about it and like, Hey, we got to clean the house. We've got all these, you know, things to say no to. And, um, I, I've tried to get Danielle on board of looking at our house, like a third place. And I'm not talking like every day or even every week or even, you know, once a month, just like, you know, once every other month or something, having friends and stuff over to our house and like our house isn't big enough to be the ideal third location, but guess what? No one cares. They're just happy that you host it. You know, dude, there's a, I have a neighbor. He lives far enough away from me that like, I'm not like part of this crew, but he's, there's a neighbor, a guy across town that he has like this like two car garage in the back that he's converted to like a bar. Like it looks like cheers the bar mm-hmm. in his garage. And in that part of our town, like there's like names for it, like a Facebook group and stuff. <laughs> like people congregate there when he's not there, you know? So mm-hmm. he like took your idea, the third, the third place uh, principle, like to the max, like he converted his entire garage to the third spot to your point. So that's pretty cool. Very good. Okay. Uh, world. What do you, what do you think? What, uh, what do you think for the world? Um, that's a really, really interesting question because most people are very pessimistic about the world. Um, but I, I'll, I'll take a positive spin on what I think the future looks like. I think there's a lot of negative things going on, right? People are like, there's layoffs, there's inflation, there's uh, international turmoil and conflict, blah, blah, blah. But I do think as talent consolidates and companies have to get really serious about bottom line, becoming profitable, figuring out that path. I think there's going to be a lot of good that comes out of all this pain. And I think, I think we're so far, knock on wood, getting starting to get to that point without too much pain in the system. Unemployment's like kind of holding steady. So I think I'm thankful that um, we're going to start going to an age where like production starts to matter more and people are like more grounded in first principles and like building good products, getting the work done. And I think we're starting to see that. Like we um, we just posted a job opening in one of our facilities and we got like three times the amount of applications that we got in any of our previous ones. So I'm like, okay, I'm thankful that it seems like there's going to be some pain, but we're returning to normal and people are going to start getting work done again. And I'm thankful for that. I kind of struggled to get to this answer, but I'm here. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, I think... I I don't know if mine fits, but this is what I'm thinking of, right? Is uh, maybe, I, th- I think it initially came from a place of insecurity where I was like, hey, my background isn't in finance. 
Um, so I need to read the Wall Street Journal and I subscribed to the Wall Street Journal and then I got sick of it. Um, I'm now to the point where I've resubscribed to the Wall Street Journal, I've read it pretty much every day. And then um, I'm also a uh, subscriber to the Tampa Business Journal, which I think is a really good, uh, interesting publication. on. Um, and then the other thing I would say is I think Twitter is absolutely going to go in the right direction with Elon. I am an Elon fanboy, um, so I probably have a little bit of rose-colored glasses, but I think Twitter is just going to be an amazing success. Uh, and we can already tell we can get intel, information about the economy, information about the world faster on Twitter than we can in any other area in on the internet or in real life, in my opinion. Yeah. Right? So put that together. So I'm like, I feel like, um, I mean, there's plenty of stuff in the Wall Street Journal I still don't understand, right? But like reading the Wall Street Journal, reading the Tampa Business Journal, those are my my prime two. And then spending time on Twitter uh, around smart people. I feel like I have a decent decent grasp of what I know and I don't know. And I feel like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm learning a ton. I'm also learning a ton from the All In podcast in um, my first million pa- podcast. I love both of those uh, yeah, a ton. So like, what am I happy about in the world today? I'm happy that we live in a world where uh, you can, like, education is so easy, right? Like, it's so easy to, you know, have all that information right in front of you and to consume it. Doesn't mean I have the answers to everything, but at least I feel like I can t- continue to get better all the time. And that that just makes me happy. Yeah, I should actually, I should have thanked the world for Twitter because it's been <laughs> our business. You know, to yeah, summarize yeah. it more succinctly. Um, here's a question, random one, nothing to do with Thanksgiving. Were is it Elon being too aggressive with the layoffs, or is he just right? Um, I think he's I mean, default answer is probably just right. Um, because he would rather do more, he'd rather cut more than needed, you know. So uh if you're if you're going to make a mistake one way. I think that's the way to make it. I think the fascinating thing is, um, I don't know how far you'd have to go back, but let's call it like probably three years, maybe five years. And generally Republicans or conservatives hated Elon Musk and, you know, liberals loved Elon Musk. Right. Uh, so to me, it's amazing. You know, basically he's like, Hey, he's coming up with cyber truck, cyber truck, needs to be able to um, compete with the F-150. Who drives F-150? Conservative people. So like three years ago, uh, you know, I, I got to believe this was Elon's master plan, um, but it might just be a conspiracy theory. But the idea was like, hey, he needs to be able to connect with red-blooded Americans if he's going to end up selling more trucks than than Ford, right? So then we've seen like a gradual like shift in the direction towards the right. I tend to still think uh, he's he's pretty moderate in a lot of things, maybe even li- libertarian, you know, uh, in, in some ways. Um, but I think his ability um, to somehow, um, I mean, I mean, I'm not putting it in words, but like he's absolutely genius. He's executing, um, you know, amazing moves in amazing markets. And for us to be able to watch this Twitter stuff in real time, um, I mean, it's, it's incredible. I, I'm, Absolutely fanboying over it. Yeah. I think there's, so you're, you're saying you, do you think Elon is pivoting to a more, to appeal to the conservative audience to sell more trucks? 
I, oh, I think there was movement in that direction, right? So the, the question is like, does Elon have good intentions, right? I think Elon does have good intentions where he wants, you know, through SpaceX wants us to be, you know, an interplanetary species. And, um, you know, part of that is, uh, you know, climate change in the US as well, right? Um, so, the, you know, let's, let's call Tesla climate change, right? Um, so to me, he's, like he's playing a long, long game, right? And he's manipulating a lot of different things uh, to play that long game and to achieve those things, which I just think is is amazing. Yeah, that that makes sense. That's that's I understand that now. Um, my take is this on the layoffs. To go back to the root question I had posed, it's um, I think there's never you're never going to perfectly lay everybody off. Like there's a number that's probably the perfect number of people to fire. And it's impossible to hit it. I think uh, the conventional knowledge shows that most CEOs tend to have to do multiple rifts when they should have just done one larger one during a round of layoffs. So that's, that's a problem. And I think um, the one benefit of him doing it this irrationally potentially or this quickly is you learn a ton. Like he just learned a lot in three weeks. Whereas if you were really slow, it would probably take you four months to learn the same amount of information. So there's collateral damage for sure. There's probably unfairness baked into it as well. But if your goal is to efficiently right the ship, I do think it is the right call. Although it's not fair to everybody, which is tough. But yeah. That's the way the world sure. works. He's also, in my opinion, taking a page out of the President Trump handbook where um he's on the front page of you know the newspaper every day right now. Right. Um mm-hmm. and like he's he's doing it and he's doing a good job of controlling the narrative. There's a lot of people that are hating on him, but I think he's looking at it like um, all publicity or the majority of publicity is good publicity right now. And like, he's, he's doing it. Like all the Twitter numbers are are off the charts. <laughs> yeah. You gotta, you gotta crack a few eggs to make an omelet, you know, <laughs> there you go. For sure, man. Okay. Good stuff, Frank. Um, yeah. Let's cut it off. We keep going and going, but uh, uh, it's been another great year with Grayline. Let's enjoy some family, friends, and of course, some awesome Thanksgiving. But uh, from my family to yours, Frank, have a great Thanksgiving. Thank you, everybody. Peace.